Hello everybody, it is Saturday, August 6th, 2022, and once again we find ourselves sitting here with the distinct honor, privilege, and pleasure of welcoming you to an episode of the Ordinary Podcast, polynerdic.com's weekly nerd-centric life and culture podcast for adults. As always, I am your ordinary nerdy host, Shad. And this week's uh, episode is largely going to be about one central topic, but before we get to that, I always like to talk about what I've been up to this week, and um, as I was telling my kids last night, uh, this week was a week. Um, it was neither good nor bad. It uh, it had ups and downs. It had stressors and relaxation. I, uh, you know, I worked really hard at work. I spent some quality time with my favorite person in the entire world, um, both, you know, watching Critical Role and having dinner, and later in the week helping them with their groceries, uh, and then hanging around talking for a little bit. It's it's just been a, a, a oh, it's been a week, you know. Um, so I didn't get to do a lot outside of work. Uh, I did stream a little bit over the weekend, and and. In, into the beginning of the week, uh, we finished As Dusk Falls, um, that narrative, uh, almost like, almost like, it was almost like playing a graphic novel, uh, because it's not fully animated, it's stills in a series, um, it's a narrative choice-driven game, if you've not seen it, uh, fantastic story, uh, and I've seen some of the alternate paths, uh, that you can take. I haven't put it on YouTube yet, but that's coming. Um, it uh, deals with uh, two families. Uh, one family really poor and in trouble, and another family that's uh, you know dealing with a number of other issues uh, from relocation to losing their jobs to um, marital issues um, and how they cross paths one terrible night um, that involves a hostage situation and, and whatnot. And then the aftermath of that. Um, I really enjoyed the story. The gameplay was the, was, was just kind of there, um, because it's, because it's one of those narrative choice-driven things. Um, most of the gameplay is just making decisions in a fast moment. You know, you have like 20 seconds to make a decision, if that, um, or, uh, quick time events. So it's not like it, like, set the world on fire with its gameplay, um, but it did, uh, I did find it narratively addicting, and I just played through it, on, you know, three consecutive days. Uh, but it's not very long. Uh, the game's divided into two books, uh, with three chapters each. Um, you can beat it in one sitting if you have the time. Um, cause each chapter is about an hour of gameplay. Um, a little less in some cases. Uh, but I really enjoyed it. It's definitely worth checking out. If you have Game Pass, it's on it. Um, and then after that, I decided that it was finally time to finish Batman The Enemy Within, the Telltale series. Uh, it was the second Batman game that Telltale put out. I had played the first two chapters years ago, 
and it's just been kind of sitting on my hard drive since. Um, but I, uh, I decided to, to roll with coming out of Dusk Falls. I was like, you know what? I want to finish that. I'm in the mood for that kind of game. Um, so I finished it. I enjoyed it. I, as I said way back when I played the first uh, Batman game, which I think I'm pretty sure happened during the run of this show. Um, although that might be an episode that was lost to time when we switched to, to Anchor. Um, Telltale took some risk with the Batman story. Um, they did some things where they, they changed... Not Batman's origins, uh, but they changed who his family was. Uh, in the Telltale universe, spoilers, uh, in the Telltale universe, uh, Thomas Wayne was a criminal. Uh, you know, he was a businessman, but he was also a criminal. And the first Batman game dealt with that. Uh, Bruce finding out all these terrible things about Thomas Wayne and then trying to uh, reverse the Wayne name. Um, for, for the people that knew. Uh, and that led to his direct um, conflict with the villain of the piece, a, a new character named Lady Arkham. At least I believe she was new. Uh, I don't think she exists outside of the Telltale universe. I have Google, though. Lady Arkham. I can spell. Yeah, looks like looks. I'm reasonably certain that Lady Arkham is a original character. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it, uh, so that was the first game. And in that first game, we saw Two Faces Origins play out if you made a decision one way or the other. Um, you know, Penguin was involved. Um, the second game, um, deals with a group of criminals called The Pact. And I loved how this was structured because it uh, it was Bane, Mr. Freeze, um, Harley, and then this the man who will eventually become the Joker uh, calls himself John Doe, um, who I believe was in the first game, and Bruce... Um, met I'm double checking here yeah I'm pretty sure in the first game you meet 
um, John Doe, and he's a big part in the um, cast. Joker Telltale here. Let's see. Yeah, there's a bit in the first game where you get incarcerated in the Arkham Asylum and you meet John Doe, and then in the second uh, game, he's you know he's there. He's your link to the, the to the pact. Um, but it's cool that they they invert it um, where he is kind of. Um, He's obviously struggling with his mental health, but he's like he's fascinated with Harley. He's in love with Harley, and she's the the more vindictive, murderous one. Um, not in the same way that Joker was, but it it was a, a turning the relationship on its head with a, that I really enjoyed. Um, it's a shame that we won't see any more Telltale uh, Batman games for the foreseeable future. And the way I played it out is I got uh, I got Vigilante Joker on, on my story where he models himself after Batman, uh, including stylizing his hair into, like, two bat ears. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, but again, it's the same style of game that the Telltale games have always been. Um, you know, explore the environment, interact with things, solve very rudimentary puzzles, um make dialogue choices in a, within a certain time frame or say nothing at all and uh quick time events um but the telltale style of game always <clears throat> kind of bugs me with the quick time events because when you're busy watching for button inputs it's harder for to watch the action so there's these really cool combat sequences with batman and catwoman and whatnot but you can't focus on the action because you're looking for the next button press. It's a, it's a thing I've always had a problem with the QTEs for. Um, but outside of that, I uh, planned this weekend's D&D game, and that was my week. Um, happy to report I didn't go to bed early any time this week. I didn't, you know, I wasn't falling asleep at like 6 o'clock, so it was a good week in that regard. You know, like Monday, like I said, I had dinner with my friend, watched some Critical Role, came home, finished As Dusk Falls on stream. Like, it was a good week, uh, but it wasn't, like, a super exciting, I did lots of fun stuff kind of thing, you know. Um, you know, this weekend we're going to play um, D&D. It's going to be fun. Going to hang out with my children. Um... I hope to resume a normal Monday, Wednesday, Friday streaming schedule next week. Um, I'm really trying to get into the habit of always streaming on Monday night and Wednesday night. Uh, it's been a while since we've done that. I'm feeling more every day. I feel more and more like myself. In fact, so much like myself that I don't feel like myself. Um, we've talked about it before with my years-long struggles with depression and anxiety. Um, 
I am definitely on the mend in a way that I haven't been in a long time. And I just want to get back to the habit of, like, I, I, I don't... I have too many other things going on to stream every day like I did in 2020. But I do want to get back to streaming, you know... You know, 12, 15 times a, a, a month instead of only on the Saturdays and Sundays the kids aren't here. You know, like, like I want to get into a, a, a more regular habit of streaming. If I could stream eight weekdays and four weekend days, there's my 12, you know. And then if I can spatter in some, sprinkle in some, you know, Thursday, Friday streams, fantastic. Um, but we'll get there. Uh, now the topic I wanted to talk about this week is this atrocious decision made by Warner Discovery. Um, for those of you that haven't followed, uh, Warner Brothers and Discovery merged recently. Um, and it looks like Discovery is taking the lead on this. Um, and... Over the last several days, they have made some really, really, really boneheaded decisions. Uh, boneheaded decisions from a creative standpoint, from a fan standpoint. Um, motivated entirely by capitalism, uh, money. Um, and the one that... The first one that really, 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 really stands out to people, uh, especially people that care about this sort of shit, is uh, Bath Batgirl is no more. Um, we were due to get a Batgirl movie. It was going to be straight to HBO Max. It was going to be a smaller movie. Uh, it was originally budgeted $75 million, but with COVID-related overages, it, it got up to $90 million, which is a lot of money for you and I, uh, but honestly, not a lot of money for Hollywood. Um that's a pretty low, mid to low budget movie. Um, by my uh, understanding. Um, I could be wrong on that. Um, what? Let's see. What is a low budget film in 2022? Yeah. Well, anything below 20 million is considered low budget. So called a mid-budget movie um it's a decent budgeted movie but it's not like some you know 200 million dollar movie like we see everywhere else so the movie finished shooting months ago and it was already in test screenings and they were working through like the you know the post um post-production it was due to star Leslie Grace as Batgirl. And one of the things that excited me the most about it was Michael Keaton was coming back as Batman. J.K. Simmons was coming back as Commissioner Gordon. Brendan Fraser was going to play Firefly. It was going to be exciting. Like, I don't have HBO Max, but it was the sort of thing that I could see myself, like, getting a month of HBO Max to watch. And then, you know, the other things that are on HBO Max that I wanted to you know, catch up on. Because I, I did it this month with Disney+. Plus. I was like, I have $9. I'll, I'll get Disney+. Plus for a month and I'll catch up, you know. Um, 
and here we are uh, seeing this movie get shelved um, because what's his name David Zaslav the the new head of Warner Brothers um, he is reversing the previous regime's decisions uh, the previous guy Jason Kellar and Anne Sarnoff um, their big idea, their focus was to, to build up HBO Max. Um, Killar made the decision in 2021 to put all of Warner's movies from 2021 on HBO Max day one uh, to help build up the, uh, the subscriber base. And then this spring when Warner and Discovery merged as Warner Brothers Discovery, um... David Zasloff um, has decided to reverse that strategy um, and is, is no longer going to put first-run feature films on HBO Max the same day. They're going to go to theaters first and then come to HBO Max. As this article from Variety says, uh, Batgirl found itself on the bad end of that decision, neither big enough to feel worthy of a major theatrical release nor small enough to make economic sense in an increasingly cutthroat streaming landscape. Spending the money to expand the scope of Batgirl for theaters, plus the 30 to 50 million needed to market it domestically, and the tens of millions more needed to, for a global rollout, uh, would have doubled the spending on the film, and insiders say that was a non-starter at a company that is now focused on belt tightening and bottom line. They're talking about $3 billion worth of cuts in this other article I was looking at. Um, once again, capitalism... In and the arts cannot coexist um, because they're focusing on saving money instead of making things. Um, it says, releasing the movie on HBO Max would seem to be the most obvious solution uh, since it's not big enough to put in theaters. Instead, the company shelved Batgirl um, and sources are saying it will almost certainly take a tax write-down on both Batgirl and the Scoob sequel um, as a what is seen internally as the most financially sound way to recoup the cost. Um, and it could justify that tax write-off as a, uh, a write-down as a, a post-merger change of strategy. If they do so, though, they cannot monetize the movies. They can't sell them. They can't put them on HBO Max. They can't do anything with them. Um, so fuck that decision. David Zaslav is a fucking idiot. Um, people were excited for that movie. Um, like, meanwhile, over here on the other side, uh, he says that he's excited... Um, about the Flash. Um, yeah, Warner Brothers CEO David Zaslav says he's very excited about the Flash on Thursday, uh, but Ezra Miller is um, accused of running a cult. He's apparently running around in body armor with a gun. Uh, there's been um. Ezra 
Ezra Miller news. Yeah, Ezra Miller accused of running a cult, grooming minors, carrying guns, paranoid Ezra Miller wears body armor, gun everywhere. Um, as alleged victims compare him to a cult leader. An increasingly paranoid, this is from Yahoo Entertainment, increasingly paranoid Ezra Miller has taken to wearing bulletproof body armor and carrying at least one gun almost everywhere they go. According to a new report from Insider that traces a timeline of Miller's activities and finds a disturbing pattern. They establish a home base, financially support artists and young women, and then attempt to control and manipulate their sexual partners, causing one of his alleged victims to compare the practice to a cult. Miller allegedly believes that they are being followed by the FBI and the KKK. Uh, the former became, or because multiple parents and young people have accused the actor of grooming minors, and the latter because Miller released a video earlier this year demanding that the members of the KKK kill themselves. Um, Dakota Iron Eyes, an 18-year-old traveling with Miller, whose parents have sought a restraining order against the star, called the body armor a fashionable safety measure in response to actual attacks and received death threats. Miller met Dakota when she was 12. He flew, or Miller flew Dakota to different places, including London, for the premiere of his movie, Fantastic Beasts, Where to Find Them, and when she was 18... Family friends saw the two of them having sex. Miller also reportedly asked to share a bed with Dakota when she was 14, though a tribal elder claims to have stopped them. And earlier this year, her parents accused a flash star of controlling their daughter with violence, intimidation, threats of violence, fear, paranoia, delusion, and drugs. This was not an isolated incident. In 2020, the world first learned of Miller's increasingly erratic behavior when a video showed that showed them choking a woman in Iceland. But their time in Iceland was more eventful and disquieting than even that video would suggest. During the two months Miller spent in Iceland, rumors spread among locals that the actor was running a call out of Airbnb. Out of an Airbnb. Permanent residents described him as an aggressive person with a revolting smell who rarely changed out of their clothes. Three people were called Miller walking barefoot through Reykjavik, noting long, unclipped toenails and what may have been an infected gash on their foot. Gross. The Airbnb, a house in, in a Reykjavik suburb, uh, was described by one visitor as a commune with beds laid down on the floor. Miller collecting a community of artists, expats, and beautiful young women who were said to hang on his every word. I felt like everyone was hypnotized, the visitor said. Yeah, I mean he's he's come unhinged, Ezra Miller. Um, he needs help, and WB is like, yeah, this is the movie we're doing, man. We we got this Batgirl movie uh, that was filmed without issue, other than some COVID related stuff, but that's to be expected in in, in the the day we live in. And yeah, that's not big enough. Let's get rid of that. But then this other movie where the the lead actor is just a mess and needs help. We're super excited for that film because it's a big event film, and that's what we want to do. We want to do big event films because they went on their, their earnings call. And uh, talked about you know things needing to be um, big event pieces, 
before they could uh, deal with them. And then they talked about how, like, some really, really, really misogynistic nonsense about, you know, women like this stuff and men like this stuff and um, the decisions to, to do more reality-based stuff because that's what people want, right? People want reality-based stuff on HBO Max. Um, it's just a mess, and I, I am so completely disappointed with it. <sighs> I was excited for the Batman or Batgirl movie. I expected it, like you know, getting to see Michael Keaton back as as an older Bruce Wayne, an older Batman was going to be so fun. Um, but they took that away from us for money. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, you know, there's talk about HBO Max and. Discovery Plus being folded into one service. Um, they had that ridiculous graphic where they talked about the 90 Day Fiance universe. Um, it, it's just so backwards, and, and it, it's it's just indicative of old white men not having any idea what's good now. You know, like th this thing about. You know, women don't like fandoms, and, and women only like reality TV, and, uh, you know, men only like genre stuff, and um, big set-piece action movies and stuff, and it's like, it's, the world is way more nuanced than that. But here we are. So, I just hope at some point, before it gets written off as a tax thing, they change their mind. They see the public need for it, the public want for it, and put it out. Because uh, it would be a shame to lose it. And uh, that's the note we're going to end on. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Ordinary Podcast. As always, I've been your ordinary nerdy host, Shad. I need to get this posted, need to get cleaned up, and get ready to spend my weekend with my kids. Because um, one of them just got up. I hear him in the bathroom. So I will see you Monday night on Twitch. If not then next week right here on the ordinary podcast look up polynerdic on all the social medias if you find polynerdic on the social media and it's a goofy bearded guy like me it's probably me um and i will uh talk to you next week thanks for listening have a good week everybody